This morning, I have a word for you. And, and I, I had a, yesterday night, this is funny, I said, I have a, I have a word and I'm going to talk about mindsets and belief systems and stuff like that. But then as I went to bed and I woke up this morning, I just felt like it was something else, you know, and um, I've been saying before this conference and through this conference, I've said, you know, this is, this is a time for setup. And so I asked the Lord, okay, so what do you want me to talk about? Is because I'm not feeling like this is, this is it now. You know, I, I thought it was before, but now it's something else. And I said, what do you want me to talk about? He said, well, you said, you know, it, it's, it's stuff to set you up for this next season of life. And, and, and so what I'm going to talk to you about today, I believe it's, it's a, it's a time for, it's, it's a message for all times, but specifically right now, I believe we're about to enter a new level of opportunity to fall into this trap. So I want to talk about, um, forgiveness and intellectual offenses okay so don't change it stay there okay because i believe you're gonna see some things this morning that that will help you uh navigate these new times um you know even as believers in your own time uh in 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 church and in getting back to church and all this stuff we will find new opportunities to grow and i want us to be ready as a body of christ to excel above them you know in order to not fall into the trap I always say there's two ways of learning. There's two teachers out there that can teach us things. It's uh, Mr. Payne or, or, or Mrs. Wisdom, you know, and I like to learn from Mrs. Wisdom so that I don't have to learn from Mr. Payne, you know, and, and so I want to help us and set us up, you know, in a heart and our expectation and our mindset that when these opportunities for offense show up, that we can keep our heart healthy and not even go into the offense. You know, having to forgive someone, okay, is really good. We need to learn how to forgive. But I believe it's greater and more glorious when we don't even get offended, right? When we are offense-proof. So, you know, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 5, it says that love does not keep a record of wrong. And I'm like, that's above above, you know, forgiving. That's like, you're not even holding it on for a day. You're not even letting it stay with you long enough to, 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 to damage you because unforgiveness, bitterness, and anger, you know, these negative emotions and feelings, when they're harbored, when they're uh, nursed inside of you, you know, they harm you. They self-destruct, you know, it's a trap from the enemy. Unforgiveness is it hinders your ability to hear God clearly. And what we're trying to do right now is position ourselves to hear God's voice clearly for this time. You know, I believe that there are, uh, there's divine creativity stored up for God's children. I believe there's divine ideas, divine uh, new business ideas that will excel and that will be economy proof that are stored up in heaven uh, formulas and inventions and things like that that are stored up and laid up for you that who are listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, you know? And so how do we set ourselves up for success to hear God's voice clearly? And one of those things is to not keep offense, to, to have a forgiving heart. You know, at our church, we say that forgiveness when granted to others becomes a gift to myself. You know, forgiveness, when given to others, it becomes a gift to you, right? Because gifts are gifts to others, right? 
So what gift can you give that will become a gift to yourself? Well, that's forgiveness, you know, and God holds forgiveness in a very high, high regard, right? Because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? And, and what was the purpose of that? that? That we might be forgiven and reconciled to him, right? That we would be saved, that we wouldn't perish. So I believe that when we hold to unforgiveness, when we hold on to offense, you know, we are um, going a bit against the very heart of God, which is to forgive and reconcile us to him. Now, there's all kinds of offenses, right? There's all, there's direct offenses. There's, there's betrayal, you know, there's abuse. There's, there's all kinds of offenses and hurts that, that people have done to us that, that we need to deal with in our heart and we need to forgive and let go, you know, no matter how big or how small it is, you know, it's still a gift that when you give it to someone else, it's a gift to you. You know that, um, I've been saying this a lot, but, um, Anger and fear weaken your immune system like a lot. If we were if we we're going to look at it, you know, in a in a tangible scale, one minute of anger weakens your immune system for five hours. And on the contrary, laughter, you know, one minute of laughter boosts your immune system for 24 hours. Like this was said by a doctor. Okay, I didn't just make it up. However, the Bible talks about it, you know, so when you're in unforgiveness, when you have offenses coming at you all the time, you know, it's, it's, it's working against you from the inside and who would ever want to keep the enemy living in their house, right? Because the enemy will love to destroy you from the inside, right? A house divided against itself will not prosper, right? So if you keep the enemy out, you know, you have a better chance than if you keep the enemy inside. Because from the inside, he can break you up. You know, it's the same thing that we're dealing with uh, right now and with this virus and, and, and all this fear, right? It's if, if you fall into the trap of being in fear and panic, you're actually weakening yourself from the inside. So no matter how much social distancing you do, no matter how, you know, how much you wash your hands and disinfect your hands, you're destroying yourself from the inside because you're compromising your immune system by allowing fear, offense, unforgiveness, and all these uh, negative feelings to dwell inside of you. So it's like you're doing something from the outside to protect it, but yet the inside is compromised. You know, and it, I keep saying this is, it's like religion. Religion deals with the outward behavior, right? It wants to be, to modify the behavior, but relationship with God transforms you from the heart. So where is the work that we really should be doing, you know, in time like this is from the inside. We should be working in the inside. We should be working on the heart. We should be working on our thoughts, right? And if we're talking about our physical body, we should be strengthening our immune system with the things that are good for it, like eating good and exercising and maybe going the extra mile from the things that you're used to doing to boost your immune system and work from the inside out, right? So in the same way, when you hold unforgiveness, offense, bitterness, and all these negative emotions, you're, you're, uh, uh, weakening your own immune system, you know, and that's not even talking about the spiritual side, because when you keep offense and when you keep unforgiveness, you're opening up a door for the enemy to, to attack you in your life. You make yourself vulnerable. See, God is so against unforgiveness, so much so that some of the most powerful scriptures in the word, you know, are followed by something that has to do with unforgiveness. 
So before we go into into these two scriptures, I want to um, I, I want to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. These new opportunities to <laughs> to be offended. Okay, so they sound a lot like this because right now, you know, a lot of people are at home. A lot more are on their phones, maybe more than normal because they're not going to work or they're not going to school or, or just life is just not how it used to be. So maybe you're more on your phone or people are more on their phone, right? And what we see on our phone and what we see on social media is all these opinions, right? All these people attacking themselves, government attacking government, right? Uh, people blaming other people, you know, people saying crazy things, the media twisting things, you know, that, that were not said and, and like all these gossip and lie spread and what that causes is what I call an intellectual offense. And an intellectual offense is an offense that wasn't directed to you, but you took it on, interpreted, gave it a meaning and made it personal. Now you're offended for something that wasn't even directly meant towards you, right? Because I was saying earlier, there's offenses that have been directly done to you. And we know no matter how bad they were, those offenses, we need to forgive them. We need to let them go. We need to uh, heal our hearts and, 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 and just give from the same forgiveness and grace that God gave us, right? But how about these intellectual offenses that are not directed to you, but somehow you end up owning them and now they're, they're causing the same effect inside of you. They're harming you and hurting you the same way, right? That the other offenses were hurting you. And, and they weren't even directed towards you, you know? Like maybe somebody in the government said something and you start saying you get offended, right? Maybe somebody on social media or, or a friend that you have on Facebook said something or posted something. How about this? Maybe your pastor or your leader did or said something, right? that that you don't agree with and all of a sudden now you're offended but it wasn't even directed to you right so th this is what i call intellectual offense a lot of these intellectual offenses um sound like this or they start with thoughts like this i can't believe they fill in the blank how could he say that what is he thinking don't they know that right have they put themselves in my shoes, right? Offended, right? Easy for them to say, well, I won't be participating in that. I'll show them. Well, I won't be doing that no matter what they say. I'll show them. We'll see how that goes. Um, we'll even twist scripture, right? Um, and say stuff like, well, as for me and my house, <laughs> you know, look, how, however you look at it, a, lo a lot of these, intellectual offenses start with with our thoughts and just our attitudes so you know onto things that weren't even directed towards us right and uh then you also can nurse an offense and and meditate on the offense and when you start asking yourself the question why 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 would he do that why would he say that why would they close the church why would they open the church why would they not do this? Why would they not do that? You know, why would they at work, you know, let us go? Why would they do furlough? Why wouldn't they do this? Why wouldn't they do that? Right. And so there is so much opportunity right now everywhere around you to hold on, grab on, to fabricate and own offenses, intellectual offenses that weren't even meant to you, meant for you. Right. 
So we need to be careful that we don't start harboring these things because you could be home, you could be home, you know, staying healthy and, and trying to do the best you can, you know, not, not going out, but inside of you, you're full of offense. You're full of, you know, you're taking on offenses that, you know, weren't even meant for you, weren't even spoken against you, have nothing to do with you, but you're choosing. And we got to remember that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control, which means that you are powerful to control your thoughts. You're powerful to choose because you still have freedom, right? You still have freedom to choose. You are powerful. God made you powerful. So don't take on extra offenses. They're not even good for you. They're harmful for you. They start breaking you up from the inside. You know, I want to read um, real quick here in uh, 2 Kings 5, 9 through 14. Uh, it's the it's story of uh, Naaman, okay? And it says that Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent the messenger to him and said, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. This is the story of Naaman who had leprosy, right? And in his leprosy, um, uh, the, the prophet Elisha told him, hey, go, go, this is how you're going to get healed. And he didn't even come out to greet him, okay? This was an important military person that came to Elisha's door, and Elisha sent his servant out, right? He was coming for healing, and he didn't even come to greet him. So he was already offended right there that how, wait, who is this guy? Who is this guy? He, he didn't even come to greet me, right? And he's just sending his servant, like, doesn't he know how important I am? Doesn't he know that I came from really far? Doesn't he know that I've come with offerings and gifts, right? He's offended, right? Intellectual offense, just making up a story, right? And, and then it says, I thought he surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord God. Wave his hand and spot and cure me of my leprosy. You know, sometimes we get offended because things don't go like we pictured them in our head. Sometimes we get offended because things didn't go the way we wanted them to go. Sometimes we get offended because it just wasn't our way. And it says, so he, um, and, then, and then he says, are not Abana and far, far the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed, right? Because they sent them to the Jordan River. And apparently the Jordan River wasn't a very nice, beautiful clear water river you know i guess it was kind of dirty and stinky and it says couldn't i have washed in a different river so he turned away went off in a rage right name and servants went off and said father if the prophet had told you to do some great thing would you have not done it how much more then when he tells you wash and be cleansed so he went down and dipped himself in the jordan seven times and the men of god as the man of god told him and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy so, you know, well, there, there's so many things to pick up here, but obviously Naaman got offended, intellectually offended, because things did not go how he thought. And when we stay offended, we hinder ourselves from hearing from God and from God moving in our lives, because it is through obedience, right? Faith and obedience is what, what allows us to experience God's power in our lives, right? Not, not if we agree with it, not if it goes the way we thought it would go, it would go right? Like the kingdom of God says, you know, to give and it shall be given unto you. But right now the whole world is just hoarding, right? So what are you going to do? Are you going to be offended because God's not working the way you thought he should, right? Or are you going to follow God's principles even when they go against all logic? 
right? And so Naaman experienced God's power in his life when he let go of the offense and just obeyed and stood in faith, right? And I believe this is a time where we have the option to do that, okay? Then Mark 11, 25 and 26, you know, here is like, if you say to this mountain, right? Be moved and cast into the sea and you do not doubt in your heart, right? Some of the most powerful faith verses that that we've been exposed to that, that tell us about uh, what we can do if we have faith, right? But then it's followed by verse 26 and it says, um, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, let it drop. This is the amplified version. It says, leave it, let it go in order that your father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive your failings and shortcomings. You know, it's like there's so much power, right? There's so much power. Even first Corinthians 13 talks about like all, all the power and the miracles and the things that are available. But, but when we choose to not forgive, it's like, hold up, you know, there's a problem there. You're, you're going to hinder yourself. You're going to harm yourself if you hold on to unforgiveness. You know, it's like, it's like almost like a clause that God, God has there and is saying, hey, listen, just this is all available to you, but you must let go of the offenses because they harm you. They stop you and they block you from hearing my voice. And this is a time when we need to hear God's voice clearly, right? Clearly, our eyes need to be open to know how can we position ourselves in the place God wants us to be positioned so that we can receive the things that are laid up for us, so that we can welcome the harvest of souls, so that we can receive the wealth of the wicked that's been laid up for us. But if we hold on to offense and we're just catching on to every intellectual offense that is flying by that has nothing to do with you, you know, then you're going to miss it. Because you're going to hinder your own ability to, to receive from God and to hear from God clearly. So I want to tell you something else before, as, as I close here, um, I see Joseph Z is, is ready, ready to come on and it's going to be amazing here. But um, I want to tell you one more thing. Disagreement do, does not have to turn into an offense. Okay, listen, disagreement does not have to turn into an offense. Just because you disagree with someone about something. Just because you disagree with the government or with the way they're doing things, it does not need to turn into an offense. Just because we think different, it does not have to turn into division, okay? How? Because otherwise, how could we pray for our enemies? How can you pray for someone that you're offended with? That's good. That makes it really, really hard. See, but we're supposed to be praying for the government. We're supposed to be praying for the world. We're supposed to be praying for leaders. We're supposed to be praying for everyone right now. And you don't agree with everyone. So how are you going to pray a good prayer with someone you disagree, you, you're, you're offended with? So I want to encourage you to think about this. When you disagree with somebody, you know, don't make him your enemy. Don't take on the offense. You know, let it go. Keep your heart clean and keep your heart healthy from those things. Okay. So that's all I have for you today. I hope this has blessed you, you know, and, and just keeping a healthy heart, you know, it keeps you listening to the word of God, you know, stop thinking of all the things that you disagree with somebody about and start thinking of all the things 
that are good and all the things, you know, Philippians 4, 8, everything that is good and that is honorable. This time is bringing unity among churches, unity among pastors. And I believe it's also an opportunity of restoration. I believe it's an opportunity for relationships to be restored. And, um, and for that, you're going to have to let go of the offenses. You're going to have to get before the Lord and be say, God, you know what? It's not worth it. You know, I'd say it, uh, that a, a, at the end of people's lives, a lot of them think and have regrets around broken relationships and silly things that got in the way, right? Well, maybe I shouldn't have ever left that. I wish I stayed there. I wish I didn't let that really hurt me. You got to give up your right to be right. Listen, you have to give up your right to be right. It's not about being right, okay? It's about keeping a healthy heart and about protecting relationships.